0: I have no clue i'm just gonna keep repeating ladies and gentlemen welcome to the wan show welcome to the I wan
1: show be- i do actually think we're live everywhere now so that is fantastic uh it is the Naw show again myself and james back at it back in Man, action it's been
0: so long since we had a na show that i don't even really remember the origin of it i think i guess it's just it's backwards it's just backwards, it's
1: ran backwards. yeah but like i feel like there was some reason why we did that but it's lost to lost to time and space now but anyways yeah hopefully you've had a wonderful friday hopefully you had a wonderful week welcome to the wan show i don't see us on there it is we are live fantastic uh we've got some actually great topics some things that i'm actually really excited to talk about this week we also have some i want to talk about
0: fortnite versus apple and google yes this is crazy i'm so excited i am so excited
1: uh but yeah okay fortnite versus apple and google like he just said We've also got the Starlink beta test and speeds, which are like pretty spicy. Um, we've got Intel <laughs> details, Tiger Lake architecture, and process improvements. And
0: James, one more. There's also the Microsoft Surface Duo. Uh, I can't decide if I care. I kind of care. Kind of sweet. Maybe a little care. Maybe a, even. Maybe a, huge
1: care. Maybe two cares. Duo cares. Anyways, that was a terrible joke. Wait, show intro.
0: Dude, is that from that? That Honda commercial with the crab? Maybe it did the cage? Remember that? Display! Display Bessie. Yeah, a good work and PIA GI Joe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's well, yeah. about to
1: side? So far, the stream has not blown up, so I'm actually I'm pretty happy with how we're doing so far, and I am also pretty happy about uh, Morpheus fighting Neo or. David versus, it's not really David versus Goliath. Some giant company that doesn't care about me versus some other giant company that doesn't care about me. Which is Fortnite versus Apple or Epic Games versus Apple and Google now. The story has continued. They've been kicked off of the uh, the Play Store as well on Google stuff.
0: That's crazy. Um, so insane. So basically what happened yes. was Epic, Epic Games they just, they had like this strategy in their back pocket. They're just oh, like yeah. waiting to, to deploy. And I guess the timing is right with all the uh, like, um, like the Senate, is it the Sen- Senate or Congress? that the, the, the scrutiny that the tech giants have been under. Yes. Whereas yeah. last week, Jeff Bezos and Satya Nadella, Tim Cook, and, Je- and who is the fourth person? Was it Mark? Oh, Microsoft. Microsoft wasn't there. Zuckerberg was there. Tim Cook was there. Amazon was there. Yeah. And um, I guess they're just, now that everyone's talking about monopolies and antitrust it's time for, for epic games to say you know what it is a monopoly these play stores and the and these the apple app store they are a monopoly they're the only way that we can get access to billions of devices and every time these guys are taking 30 percent of the money we make yeah, it's, it's time for lot. this
1: to end especially for for us like um us as in floatplane. uh it's it's kind of extremely destructive uh so other other payment so yeah I, I made a lot of tweet tweets about this and i heard a lot of feedback one thing that i heard from some people were like, Oh, well, I don't, I don't want to like trust my, my payment information to every app that's on the app store. I'd rather use, uh, Apple payments. And honestly, you rather you preferring to use Apple payments is not an issue to me. And I'll talk about that more later on. Uh, but we don't, I don't ever want to touch your payment information. That is the last thing I want to do. Trust me. I don't want any of that information ever, which is why we use payment processors, which is like what everybody does. That's like, uh, for us, it's Stripe and Braintree. Braintree is effectively just PayPal. Um, for most people, it's Stripe and Braintree or just Braintree or just Stripe or something like that. Those are the main players in the space. There are other uh, players, depending on on where you are in the world as well, that might be more prevalent than Stripe or Braintree. But those are those are really big in North America. Um, and yeah, those other ones players are,
0: like Apple. Yeah, I mean, Apple, <laughs> Apple wants to be the Amazon, only
1: player. Uh, Alibaba, like a, a lot of massive companies might have their own payment system. But these little companies like Floatplane, uh, we're not going to have our own payment system. We're just going to. Why would you use want to build else? that? Why would we want to build that? Why would we want the liability? There's, there is no way I would ever want to touch your credit card number because I don't want the liability.
0: Well, this so, is actually part of Apple's defense. As they say, we're actually doing developers a favor handling all that for them so it's so
1: that so i will touch there because i personally have no issue having an option to have apple pay in the app and that's actually uh kind of interesting to this story because epic games sort of did that they had the the like pay through us directly option and they had the apple pay option the payment processors will generally take I believe it's 2.9% plus 30 cents you may be surprised that I said I believe the reason for that is because it changes depending on what like the origin country is and it changes on where the payment is coming from there's international charters there's like a bunch of other things going on I think it goes up to 3.7% on the percentage but generally stays at 30 cents what that usually is is the percentage is being passed over from the credit card company say like MasterCard or Visa or whatever else and the flat fee, the 30 cents, is usually what the payment processor is taking. 30 cents plus 2.9 to 3.7% is a lot lower, generally, for a lot of things than just a flat 30%, which is what Apple is trying to take. That is massive. And it might not be that massive for actually companies like Epic Games, where what they're delivering you is uh, it's, it's unlocking a skin in a game that's already there. It's already in your game files. It doesn't cost them anything to deliver it to you. Zero
0: zero marginal cost.
1: Yes. It did cost them, uh, designer work to implement it. It might've costed, uh, the the marketing dollars to push it out. But There are other to duplicate it to duplicate it. There is nothing for, for us. We have to pay creators every single time a payment comes to us. We pay creators. Also, uh, we have to deliver high quality content video, like it's expensive to deliver all of this, uh, high detail video to users. So there are heavy costs on our side directly related to every purchase. We can't just give up 30% of the value on every purchase. We don't have that as an option if we want it to be a reasonable business model. So if we wanted to use Apple's payment system, which I have no problem doing, we'd have to charge more, but that's against their terms. You're not allowed really? to charge more for using Apple payments. You have right, to charge right, right, the right. same amount across the board because it can't be worse experience for Apple users, which I would like so to there, agree with, but it's more include, expensive.
0: But does that include things like if you go to our website and subscribe and it's it's yeah. $2, it can't be $3 on the yeah. iPhone. Oh my God.
1: Yeah. That is crazy. Right now we're in a situation where uh, we we have tried to remove everything possible. We have, we have borderline copied some other apps that are on the app store with, with, which is not our initial intention, but it became kind of our intention because we were like, okay, we need to find a way to actually get on the store. Uh, and we have been denied every time. Uh, it feels almost discriminatory at this point. Uh, at this point, they're like, you can't reference, uh, being able to get subscriptions anywhere else, you can't offboard anywhere else. You can't give someone a support link. You can't give someone an FAQ link. You can't offboard anyone to your main website because that might encourage them to subscribe there instead of through the app. So we took everything out to the point where you can't even make an account on the app. And if you try to sign in with an account that doesn't have a subscription, it just says, like, you can't do that. And that's it. It doesn't say, like, <laughs> you have to go to the website. It doesn't give you any good information. Message. It's useless. It says, nope. It's a terrible app and they're still like no there's too many references to like going outside the. App. there is
0: none by the way they're just blocking so that's us the for the backdrop no reason. for everyone's <sighs> frustration apple yes. trying to get their money and for a company like epic games like they're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars on like every year right oh yeah so so what they did was they updated their app they did this on android and ios now it's a less it's a bit of a less of an issue on Android because you can already sideload APKs on Android and just kind of get whatever app you want anyway. But it still is millions of dollars. So they did this on iOS and Android. They made an update to the app that included, like you said, uh, the option to use Apple Pay and another option to buy directly from them. And that was cheaper. And that is just crazy that they did that, in my opinion, because what they're saying, uh, they're basically like weaponizing the whole fan base. They're like, Look, everyone around the world, you are paying more because these guys control access. This is a monopoly and it's hurting consumers because, look, you could be paying less. So they've just like evangelized this like legion of fans, turned them all into zealots, got them on their side. Um, and anyway, the immediate response from Apple and Google, of course, was to take Fortnite off of the store. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what they did, what Fortnite did to any response? <laughs> they had a did you ever see the commercial yes of course that, yeah that 1984 commercial uh, it, it's an old apple commercial and it was and brilliant it,
1: at the time it was fantastic. yeah and it was
0: really transgressive and it's supposed to look like i believe the movie 1984 from the uh you know the orwell novel yeah and it's basically a bunch of like these drone type people sitting in an audience while big brother talks to them from this giant screen and then this one like resistance rebel like slow motion runs in with a big sledgehammer and she throws it at the giant blue Big Brother and and Big Brother is supposed to represent IBM. Yeah, and it's like break the mold. She smashes the screen and everyone's liberated with their Apple devices. And it was so cool to be an Apple user back then. Well, guess what? Go forward 30 years and guess who Big Brother is now. So uh, Epic Games produced this video that has Fortnite characters in it and it's fully animated, but it looks exactly like an animated in the style of this previous commercial. But now there's like this big uh, big brother is transformed into like a rotten apple looking character with a worm coming out of his head and uh, they smash that screen they're and they're saying, yeah, these guys have a monopoly on the app store. And we want we want to smash that for the sake of consumers.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's like, it's, I, f- I find things like this interesting because this truly was like a big part of Apple's identity. If you, if you wanna go back, I'm gonna tangent here a little bit, I'm gonna tangent here quite a few times probably. Um, if you wanna go back and watch a really cool movie, honestly, probably everyone watching this would enjoy this movie. It's called Pirates of Silicon Valley. It's a fantastic movie. It's, it, it goes over essentially the origins of like Apple and Microsoft. And it's really, really cool. Um, And the mentality that like Jobs was pushing back then was extremely aggressive towards IBM, like super, super aggressive towards IBM. IBM is absolutely the enemy and this is a war, was like the the type of like direction he was pushing the company in. Um, Apple, if if you want to look into it, I don't think I have great screen capture right now. People saw the Discord minimize. I'm not playing WoW, I'll move it. That's my desktop background, calm down. Um jeez, <laughs> I just like thunderbluff, okay? Um but Apple pirate flag. There's like actually official Apple pirate flag stuff that they had in the office. There's pictures of Steve Jobs sitting around with his peeps with this pirate flag in the background that has an Apple logo over one of the eyes. For their Something anniversary, I don't remember what they flew pirate flags at all of their headquarters. Like, this, this, like, we're against the man kind of mentality. Oh, it's
0: in their origin. Oh, the yeah. The first product that Jobs and Waz ever made together back when I believe Jobs was still in high school was these little boxes that they used to hack phones so that they could make free long distance phone calls. Yeah. They sold them for like a hundred bucks
1: with Captain Crunch. Yeah. It, it like, that was. So th- this is where Apple came from. And now, as, as many problems as I have with it, and we'll go into that in a moment, but that Fortnite 1984 commercial positioning Apple on the other side as, like, kind of more cheesy and less serious. Um, sorry for the Slack notification. As, as 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 more cheesy and less serious as it is. Um, oh, my goodness. Stop messaging me. It's kind of fair. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a little uh, awkward coming from Epic for a bunch of different reasons. Yeah, because they're big too.
0: Yeah. They're big too, and then they're they're kind of, they're 40% Chinese owned, which I guess kind of flavors it a bit, but it's definitely valid.
1: It, it, it is it is very valid criticism of Apple, regardless of who it's coming from. There are some issues with the short, uh, as far as I know, the short being the, the Fortnite's version of the Apple 1984 commercial. As far as I know, it was played in game, which at first I was like, oh, that's cool, I want to go check it out. And then later was like, uh... While I am very much happy about this legal battle that's going on because float plane over here is getting screwed over by apple super hard but we're like tiny ants on the road and have no ability to impact really anything um compared to a multi-trillion dollar company that is apple um epic might actually be able to give them a decent fight um so that that's cool i feel like there's like there's a there's a goliath on on my side fighting the other thing which is which is yeah, cool. I guess
0: and just because we haven't said it explicitly Epic is suing. Oh, yeah. Apple oh, yeah. and Google now.
1: Yeah, they totally weren't prepared. They just had like a 62 page legal document ready to go immediately after they were kicked off the App Store. Um, but it. Yeah, they, they, they played it in game and they're directing Fortnite players specifically to like talk about this and tweet out about this. It is kind of pushing propaganda onto kids directly like playing it in the game making an event in the game all that kind of stuff i'm gonna message
0: this guy i kind of like it though because it's weird antitrust and monopoly like law is actually really tightly entangled with with democracy in a really weird way right but do you Um, want
1: small children involved with your democracy
0: well, I mean, because that, they're, gonna...
1: they're trying to they're trying to get kids to, like, speak up and get angry at Apple, who probably have no real understanding of, like, what's actually going on. And they're just like, oh, they took my Fortnite from the App Store. Come yeah, on, but they Mom also know they
0: know that it costs more. Right. They, they know that the price difference. And I think that the way that people interface... buy,
1: I don't think they're technically allowed to even buy anything.
0: Well, their parents are, and that has an effect on them.
1: Yeah, I just, I don't know. It's,
0: pushing propaganda to kids is... is is
1: It's iffy. problematic, own... but
0: what I'm saying is like our interface with power and authority, IRL, is often through economic s- stuff. It's often oh, sure. through our yeah. wallet, yeah. and less so than like politics. Yeah. And so, and, and economics really, like when you can garner a lot of economic power, that often turns into political power. Whether that's through lobbying or funding research or uh, staffing government, and so it it is the fact that uh, the U.S. has a history of breaking up monopolies. That is a history of supporting democracy, right? So I, I think it's really cool that they're getting all you know they're they're showing everybody they made a point to open up the app and see how like look this affects you, the people.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: and it is kind of propaganda, but it's also. You no, know, okay. we are I'm all okay suffering with and the it's, message is a monopoly. I'm okay with the
1: message. It becomes awkward when it seems to be uh not just targeted at Fortnite fans but but somewhat specifically targeted at children, but then I don't know how you would target it at Fortnite fans without targeting it at children. So I it's, Yeah, I
0: guess one kind of follows the other since that's yeah. just the of their fan base, so. Yeah.
1: And like obviously there are people that aren't children that play Fortnite. But there is a very large amount of people that play Fortnite that are children. So it it just becomes kind of awkward there. Um, That being said, there was no real call to action that I could find other than just talking about things while including the free Fortnite hashtag, which I think probably helps a little bit. Um, But yeah, there's the other side of it that people have brought up, which is like on Epic's Game Store, they push really hard for uh, developer exclusivity, um but they do seem to take a lower cut, blah, 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 That gets usually countered by the fact that Epic's game store is on open platforms that include other game stores. And that's developers deciding to take that deal um, instead of it being the only potential option. Um, so things change there. You can't sideload apps, at least easily and by standard, um, onto iPhones. You have to go through that app store and they have this very um, anti-old-school Apple totalitarian grip on that app store.
0: Well, it really depends on how you're thinking of the, the monopoly and the competition. Because Apple would say, buy an Android phone. But it's really, the question is, is that a competing product? Or am I, you know, I've decided I want an iPhone. I want the iPhone hardware. And I want to be able to put whatever app on there or use whatever app stores I want. But it's an integrated product. You know, you can't really take apart the hardware from the software. Yeah. So it's really kind of sticky. Yeah. And there's also,
1: I don't know how this plays legally or if it does at all, but there are also
0: quite a few different situations,
1: I would say, surprisingly often on the Apple side, where uh, for your work or for some other reason, you are required to have Apple devices. Um, Things like AirDrop and some other stuff that, that... that can simplify things if everyone is using the same type of device. Apple's very well known for making it so that once you're in their ecosystem, it's kind of frustrating and difficult to leave their ecosystem because everything that you have just works with each other and nothing else. Um, Not
0: only that for from the individual level, but as you alluded to, there's a network effect with other users. Yes. Everyone in my company, we only use iMessage.
1: Well, there, there, it might be a requirement. Like I, I have family members that work in the movie industry in, in British Columbia, and there are certain uh i'm going to use incorrect terms here i'm so sorry brandon and family members um but uh, on on different sets for for different films for different movies for different shows etc the sh- i don't remember the term but the person who like is it producer i don't know the person who like runs the whole thing will often decide like we are using this device like my on mom TV my mom had to get a good show runner. Showrunner. Okay, sure. Yeah. My, my mom had to get an iPhone because they were using yeah. like some stuff that iPhones have and Android phones don't. And it was just wow. like, okay. She also, I mean, as much as I dislike Apple right now, it's a better phone for her. She naturally picked up iPhone a lot faster than she picked up Android phones. And she probably got to a level of competency that was higher with her iPhone in, like, a few weeks compared to when she had her Android phone for probably a couple of years. That's
0: so weird, because I, I guess, like, the curse of knowledge, like, once you know something, you can't imagine what it's like to not know it. But from where I'm standing, they seem like they're almost exactly the same. You know, swipe down for there's notifications. Like-
1: there's definitely... Um, they're definitely s- similar but um yeah user experience and intuitive design fairly small changes can be pretty impactful
0: um but yeah what do you been... think app- what what do you think apple could do like let's say bearing in mind that apple is going to want to preserve their profits bearing in mind that they're going to <clears throat> keep the app store existing in some way and that they're not going to allow there to be I don't think they're going to let there be other full on app stores on the on the iPhone. No, I what do you think is the compromise that they're going to make? Like, I you're allowed have no to idea. have your own, like Epic Games can make their own, not App Store, but like their one individual app can have its own processing. I'm fairly or, or certain
1: do? that's what Epic Games wants. Just so everyone knows as well, Epic Games wanted the app taken off the App Store. I believe we mentioned this. That was super obvious. I do not. I haven't read the sixty whatever pages of legal documentation. I do not suspect at all that they are going after Apple for the fact that the app was removed from the App Store. They wanted Fortnite removed from the App Store for like PR and marketing reasons, not for legal reasons.
0: For the flame, they want it for the flame.
1: They want it because we are talking about it now because of that. They want it because of like almost every other news outlet talking about it. I Austin Evans launched a, a this is video about it. Like immediately, like people jumped on this right away because the app was removed, it was, it was propaganda PR. It was that kind of stuff getting the app removed. It was not their legal grounds. Very strategic. Yes. Um, but what apple will do, I have no idea. I suspect they're going to fight this tooth and nail in order to do nothing. Um, if they have to do something, what I think would make a lot of sense is If they want to keep their 30% cut, which is insane, uh, but everyone has to use Apple Payments, that's fine. Completely fine with me, as long as we can have custom pricing. Because I need to make it so that it hurts just as much to use- Oh, you mean
0: that you have a different iPhone price than you have on the web and that's what you mean?
1: Yeah, for sure. I would even be okay if it was the only payment processor on the App Store as long as I was able to make it cost more because it costs more. Um, Or if they let us have them in parallel, I would still be happy having the Apple one there and no messaging telling people not to use it, but clearly displaying that it is a higher price. Um, I would be completely okay with that because I can totally understand the concept of someone being uncomfortable giving their payment information, uh, but being more comfortable using Apple's internal system. If you want to do that, that's cool. I have no issue with that at all. I just don't want it to very significantly hurt our company's bottom line to the point where we are directly losing money,
0: <laughs> which is what's yeah.
1: happening. So it's, it's, it's completely unreasonable. But if they give us some options to actually work with it and actually be able to move forward, cool. That's all I'm asking for.
0: I have no idea. I mean, on the far end of the spectrum, they could straight up allow other app stores on the iPhone. Yeah. That exists on Android already. I don't really think that's going to happen. because And the reason I don't think it's going to happen is it just seems like way... I don't think anyone's really asking for that. And also, Apple does not want that to happen. No. Because if you think about like where the money is in terms of internet companies, it's basically a graph that's a parabola and value is on the y-axis. And on the first part of the parabola, where it's nice and tall, you've got content creators like LMG. That's really valuable. And on the other end of the parabola, you've got aggregators, uh, people where the content is, people who control discovery of content, right? Because there's so many tweets in the world, you need to go to Twitter to find the best ones, there's so many uh, web pages. You need to ha- go to Google to, f- to find it. Discovery is huge. YouTube is powerful. Facebook is powerful. In the middle, at the nadir of the parabola, you have uh, your his your um, kind of classical distribution. That's just not worth that much, like cable companies and crap like that. So they're not going to go. Uh, they're not going to give up their position on the top of the parabola to have other competing app stores on the iPhone. They're going to be the only one. And instead they're gonna try to have people land at that bottom where, I mean, like maybe, I don't know, maybe like on a one app basis, you can have different payment strategies, but you can't make a new discovery platform. Yeah, I
1: definitely don't think Apple wants that. Um, I think that would be be not ideal for them. Um, The interesting part here, in addition, to everything else that has been interesting already, uh, is that a few hours later Fortnite disappeared off the Google Play Store. This is not just Fortnite versus Apple; it is mostly Fortnite versus Apple, but it's not just Fortnite versus Apple. Uh, like Apple, Google requires this uh, that games use the Google Play system for in-app purchases. Developers offering products within a game downloaded on Google Play or providing access to game content must use Google play in-app billing as the payment, as the method of payment. Google system also takes a 30% cut. Um, not as big of a deal because you can, at the very least side load. So like, I don't know if this is how this worked, but you could go to Fortnite's website and it could be like install on your phone and you click a button and it just does it. You could totally do that. Um, Back in 2018, Epic pulled Fortnite from the Play Store, protesting the 30% cut. 18 months later, it was back on the Play Store uh, because of the the warnings of the introduction of Google Play Protect. Interesting. Epic has also filed a suit against Google. This one is kind of surprising due to the ability to sideload, but maybe due to Google Play Protect, it's a little bit different. Uh, well, they had
0: this other fiasco where there was going to be on LG phones and, and in particular OnePlus devices, OnePlus phones were going to ship with like Fortnite on the home screen um, and or at least a down, like a direct download button through like, I guess, a progressive web app or something like that. But then Google squashed it. I don't know the details of what like leverage they threw around or how they intimidated OnePlus, but it fell through and they're actually citing that in the in the court documents.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't remember all the details about this, but United States versus Microsoft Corp., which was like around 2000, I believe. It's like 1998, 2002. It was somewhere in that range. Um, U.S. went against Microsoft super hard and for a ton of different reasons. And that is why, honestly, that is why Windows is kind of as open as it is now. Um, and you see now that there's like the Microsoft store and all this kind of stuff, but there is also lots of other things. And I, if I remember correctly, it's been a long time. I should have done more research on this before the show. I didn't actually think I was going to end up talking about it. Um, but it's relevant. I should have looked into it. Um, if I remember correctly, they were relatively aggressive about like browsers and stuff like that. Yeah.
0: There's a big deal with Netscape and having, um, yeah. Uh, Internet Explorer
1: pre-installed. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, it was like, the issue was almost entirely like having Internet Explorer pre-installed at all. Not only just them, like not letting you install Netscape or whatever else, like it's, this is antitrust and anti-monopoly and all this kind of stuff is a really, really big thing in the U S that hasn't really been used very much since the United States versus Microsoft court. Um, and maybe this will bring that back. I would What's not we- be surprised at all if this went Supreme Court level.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Like this is going to go huge because it's this gonna is going to about- to
0: the max. They're going to appeal as far as they can. What it's I think is years. really interesting about it is how it's like a gray area. Like you're, any successful company, it seems to be on the road to Monopoly. Have you ever read Peter Thiel's uh, Zero to One? No. In the first chapter of that book, it's a sweet book. It's about how to make a startup. He he, like taught a Stanford class, and then they compiled those notes into a book. It's a sweet read. And in the opening pages, it's basically like your goal as a startup is to try to become a monopoly, because that's where the profits are, and you, you're on that course. And you 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 might not get there, and if you do get there, you might not be there for a short time. I remember listening to a uh, a talk from Jeff Bezos where he says like. Even when you are the innovator who makes something completely brand new, you only get about two years of reaping the profits before the competition comes and, just, and you have to uh, put your prices down and then it's a fully competitive market and it's a commodity, right? In the best case scenario, you only get two years, is what he said. Well, the, the, these app stores have had longer than two years. And the thing yeah. that's interesting to me is at first, these massive profits of 30% of the labor of all the apps on your platform, that's kind of, that's your reward for making something so awesome as the app store and and you you can't fault these people for designing these platforms and these pay structures that benefit them and and in some sense they deserve the reward however, when they get so successful at some point like now we think of them as like utilities mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. now that there's so many billions of devices it's just not fair anymore and and they have to like it's a whole paradigm shift where now it's like, I don't want to pay for having, I don't know, like the fire department come to my house. It's just like we all get it.
1: Apparently chat does not like, um, that guy that you mentioned.
0: I, yeah, it's, oh, it's, your deal yeah. Oh, well, he's like, a, like the, he's famously like the only libertarian in Silicon Valley or something. I'm not, I'm not saying he's not a turd, <laughs> but the book is pretty cool.
1: Uh, um, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's really interesting. There's, there's a lot here that I think is going to be above our heads. I think there's a lot here that's going to be above almost everyone's heads. That is at least watching this. Um, cause this is going to go very far and very deep. <laughs>
0: um, Hey, if you let me, on that note, if you want to hear from someone whose head this is not over, there is a really awesome podcast slash blog from a guy named Ben Thompson. His uh, blog is called Strut It's like strategy and tech together. Um, and the the uh, podcast is called Exponent. And they talk about this stuff a lot. And it's a really high level discussion. Check it out.
1: Cool. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be really, really exciting to follow where this goes. Um, especially from Flowplane side, because right now we are screwed. There's, there's like basically nothing we can do. We're being stiff armed out of the app store, unless we, uh, have the only payment option on the app store, be Apple payments. We can't make Apple payments charge more when we established our company, we tried to have, uh. Very competitive rates. Try to be thin margin, all that kind of stuff. We don't have the ability to just take thirty percent out of everything. Uh, therefore, we just can't. Like we we are. What just we do stuck. Have the ab-
0: So what we do have the ability to do is to read our sponsors. We do
1: yes. Let's Starting jump to that.
0: Display. Display is a magnet-mounted metal print. It's basically like art that you can easily shrink onto your wall. And if you get a new one. You just pop that one off by the magnet and slap your new one on there. They're durable, and you don't need any power tools to hang them. With over 800,000 different arts spanning a bunch of different styles and influences, uh, they're pretty awesome, and there's something for everyone. You can browse their store. I think there's some user-generated content on there. I
1: and a so, lot so. of
0: it is, is like is nerd-themed and fantasy-themed stuff, so very cool. They have some Cyberpunk 70, 2077 ones, too. Uh, they plant one tree for each display purchased and we only ha- we even have our own line of displays uh, one of them has me in it and i'm holding a goddamn duck it's awesome so head to our link below and use code WAN 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 to save 15% on your display today yeah and then
1: PIA i love the PIA spots because we can basically say whatever um, uh, VPNs you often want one, you often need one, you're often interested Welcome in one. If you got them, you should check out PIA. Uh, we've been working with them for a while. They have no bandwidth caps. Uh, they now feature wire guard, which is cool. Private internet access has, um, access to 3,300 servers in 30 different countries. Uh, they have configurable encryption within an internet kill switch. I like the internet kill switch option. Basically if, uh, your connection to PIA gets interrupted instead of just bypassing going back to your IP, uh, isp it will just kill everything um, therefore nothing will flow through your isp which is cool um, you can try it risk-free with their 30-day money back guarantee um, you can connect up to 10 devices at once uh, with clients for windows mac os android ios and linux check Isn't it out Is that
0: new because the the copy used it was to five. say five devices at i thought once. it was
1: five it says 10 in this current copy maybe they doubled it i don't know But yeah, used to say five be really interesting um, if you had 10 devices and um, you just didn't have them in your hands all the time and other people had them. That'd be crazy. Um, Check it out at lmg.com slash PIAWAN or PIAWAN.
0: We're also brought to you by Vessi, particularly their new weekend shoe. It's a pretty nice model, actually. Model of shoe, that is Uh, bestie footwear they're known for making comfortable shoes that are light and most importantly waterproof really good if you live in the pacific northwest like we do you can walk on almost any train while keeping your feet dry they don't look like weird dad shoes they just look pretty stylish i have a pair myself actually two pairs um this new weekend shoe you could really dress it up or dress it down It's, it's pretty sweet and you can reserve a pair right now for five bucks and once they're ready to ship you just pay the balance and that five bucks actually gets donated to a charity, I believe, for mental health awareness. So, like, oh, cool. awesome. The, yeah, they're an awesome company. The shoes themselves are actually 100% vegan. So, who wants their shoes to harm animals? That's even if you like eating meat, does your shoe need to? No, it doesn't. So, that's great. Check them out at bessiecom Linus Tech Tips.
1: Okay. Awesome. Uh, I had some people comment while we were doing that, like, why don't you just uh, make like the Safari version better, whatever? Safaris. Like, I don't remember all the details. Super bad at video stuff, and has a lot of like compatibility issues with what we're doing. Blah blah blah. It sucks. We need the we need the app. We need an app. Got to have an app. Let's uh, talk about
0: Starlink, dude.
1: Yes, let's do it. It's fun. Pissing off. You astronomers, like internet, don't you? It's fun. Everybody likes internet, man. Uh, I think this is going to be kind of amazing. But yeah, let's talk about this Starlink beta tests and speeds, the first speeds for SpaceX's Starlink satellite broadband service have been revealed. Uh, using Ookla speed test app, Starlink beta users found speeds range from 36 megabits per second to 60 megabits per second on download and five megabits per second to 17.7 megabits per second on upload. The latency was as low as 31 milliseconds. Don't know how high it went to, but it went as low as that. So
0: these users, by the way, are mostly in the northern United States and southern Canada. Uh, I mean, if they're in Canada at all, they're probably probably in southern southern
1: Canada. Canada, Yeah. (laughs) If you look at a population map of Canada, we're all along the U.S. border, almost entirely. (laughs) Um, Yeah, the... 20 gigabyte plus bandwidth of a satellite can support only so much bandwidth in a given 50 kilometer by 50 kilometer cell that bandwidth is roughly 500 megabits per second for each cell maximum uh pricing for the service is not sorry go for it
0: so that that thing is clutch so there's a tweet here because some of these speeds look a lot slower than what elon kind of P- promised so there if you go back uh, and look at the historical record on Twitter there is um, a person named at test latino saying you know if this was um, if this was like as good as or even half as good as fiber that'd be great I'm, I'm getting 900 megabits per second if I got half of that I'd be happy and then Elon says the peak rate of about half of that um, for version one of the system um, would be about that so that he's saying it would be about 450 megabit per second and now we're looking at the recorded speeds from the beta that are like 36 megabit per second up to 60 well that's a long way off of 450 the reason is because each one of these satellites uh, i guess it services like like you said a 50k by 50k cell and the bandwidth is divided among all the users in that cell yeah so theoretically elon wasn't uh Yanking your chain when he said you could get that if you're the only person in that 2,500 square kilometer cell.
1: And he did say it's it's heavily dependent on users per cell in that tweet. He also said they're aiming for a latency of under 20 milliseconds. Um, This is all, we're not fully set up yet. They're still launching more satellites that should hopefully um, kind of divide up those users per cell. Maybe there'll be more than one satellite per cell, not certain. Um, or it's more than one satellite per area thing. Um, it's, it's interesting. Do you think people are going to start moving out?
0: Oh, do I think that more people will live in rural areas and work from home because they have fast internet out there? Wow. I never thought of that. That's pretty awesome. Cause honestly right now,
1: like what's the benefit, I mean, during COVID. Right. But like that'll, that'll pass, I guess at some point, but right now. Like a lot of people are just staying home anyways, like you could, you could live further out, save probably you, astronomical amounts on. You rent.
0: can buy a house like you're a boomer. Yeah. And no, just live that boomer life,
1: live way further out there, have more land, etc. Maybe you'd be able to go outside because there won't be as many people there.
0: Um, no restaurants, got to
1: make your own avocado toast. Oh no. Got to cook. Uh, we'll have robot cooks sooner than later. They can make you fantastic meals. I don't know. I, th- I think this is like one of the stepping stones to people spreading back out. We, we've had a lot of like, for quite a few years, we've had a lot of stuff that has been driving people into cities. Um, and you're getting these like crazy hyper hubs of people. And I think this is going to be one of the, there's going to be probably going to, probably going to need to be quite a few things. Um, but this is one of the steps if it steps far enough. Like the guy said, he needs about half of what his current fiber thing is doing. He should also have better latency, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, um,
0: that guy, though, I don't think, I think a lot of the people who right now who are in the target market for this, the people who have rural si- satellite internet right now, a lot of them would be happy to have 10 megabit per second or, or 25 would be really, 20 to 25 would be really nice. You could stream an HD movie uh, while maybe browsing as well.
1: So, so Netflix 4K requires an internet connection speed of 25 megabits per second or higher i would probably lean on the or higher i think if you got people to even 100 the vast majority of users would not really notice a big difference
0: oh most people don't even have 100 i mean a lot of gamers are like what because they all have gigabit but i think i have fiber 150 150 if and i only have that to watch 4k blu-ray remixes most people could are totally fine with If you're watching this show
1: and you are offended by 25 megabit per second internet speed you are probably not an average user um i am rather offended by that that would bother me i like my fast internet but i am not exactly a normal user so well you're also
0: just not the customer for this right now in this generation exactly i would love to be
1: i would love to move out i would rather be further out. I would rather have a larger place for less money. Both of those variables at the same time would be fantastic. Um, I have no personal need to live in a big city, but-
0: I would like the entire world to be blanketed in global internet that again becomes so good. And so I guess it's like the return on investment has been going for so long that it's like paid for and that it's just a utility and all things just have free internet everywhere they are. I think that's how Elon sold the dream of this uh, way back at the beginning that got my little nerd boner going. Someone someone, uh, who's probably from British Columbia uh,
1: said, I had 50 down and seven up with Shaw, just got Telus Fiber one gig up and down, dot, 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 dot. It's the same LOL.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, if you have gigabit, you need to use it, right? You need to have yeah. like your partner watching a 4K movie in the living room while you're gaming in the office.
1: Or or have like large data file transfers often kind of in and out or something like that. Like there's 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 other things, but it's usually relatively specialized use cases. Or it's worth it to you to spend like three times as much to get that Steam game downloaded half an hour faster, or something—I don't know. But you know like, what actually was interesting,
0: yeah. and I wish Telus, our our telco here, had uh, you know called me and and been like, "Hey, we can do this for you," but they never did. Was I had a lesser plan? It was it was fiber, but it was the cheapest one. It was like twenty five or something, and that had a, a data cap on it. Like there was a number of gigabytes per month that if you went over, you got an overage fee. And we were consistently going over because my wife was on mat leave and she would just listen to music all day. She'd listen to music on YouTube. So she's streaming video all day, right? So we keep going over and every day it's like 15 extra or every month is about an extra $15 charge. So then I call them and I decide that I want to upgrade to 150, 150. The price difference there, when you include the fact that I was getting an overage every month, I was paying the same. I like five X my internet speed. And paid the same because at this new tier of being faster, there was no limit. It's unlimited. It's like they could have just called me and be like, hey, you keep going over. How about we just bump you up to this? Of course, why would they do that? They actually they did do that for me.
1: Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> tell tell us. Been, the blue? Tell us has been super nice to me. I, like, I don't know why. I've, I think it's like every two years, roughly, I get a call and they're like, hey, we're going to upgrade everything you have and you're gonna pay less or the same amount. And I'm like, all right, thanks. Bye. Glad I picked up today. That's pretty much, yeah, that's about, that's about how far it goes. It's not even like an extensive conversation. It's usually over in like a couple minutes and my internet speed is just like faster and things are maybe cheaper. I don't know. It's like, okay, sweet. Um, I understand that this does not seem to be a very common occurrence for most people with ISPs, but my, yeah, my, (laughs) my, uh, Wired internet connection has been fantastic. Um, it also just like never goes down. I don't know. I've been quite lucky in that department, I think. But moving on to other things.
0: You want to talk about this Microsoft Surface Duo?
1: Let's do it. Let's uh, Duo. I, th- I have
0: such mixed feelings about this device. On the one hand, I think it's so boring because basically it's like a Samsung That's Galaxy okay. Note. It's a big phone that opens, but it's way less cool than that because it's not one bendable oled screen it's just it opens like a book and there's just two separate screens so it feels not futuristic at all at the same time it's kind of de facto as good as having one big bendable screen because when you have that big screen on on the galaxy note a lot of the time you're just dividing it into two anyway
1: yeah i would always divide it into two Personally, I have, I can understand why someone would want that if they're like, yeah, I want to watch like movies on my phone or something like that. I'm not going to do that. The reason why I would want two screens and I'm very excited for dual screen phones is that I can have like, uh, like Slack or, uh, Gmail open up on one side and be able to message people about something that I'm doing on the other side. That is like yeah. always what I'm going to want. So it, it doesn't bother me personally. Also, by the way, this is posted by Goodbytes on the forum, who now has over 22,000 posts. That's amazing. Um, but yeah.
0: yeah, apparently Microsoft worked with, uh, with uh, they worked with Android. <laughs> they worked with Google to collaborate and make sure that all of the apps, like the, the API was comp- uh, robust enough to make the experience, you know, not suck. Um And I think that's gonna get more and more common because well, these dual screen devices are getting more and more common. We're on the second generation of Galaxy Fold coming up here.
1: I'm trying to figure out what the price of a Galaxy Fold, Galaxy Z
0: Fold 2 was. It's like 2,400 bucks. Yeah, they're over two grand, they're they're expensive.
1: Wow, okay, I can't find it. This device is gonna
0: be 2,000 wait no no it says right here no 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 this device is going to be 1400 us dollars for the 128 gigabyte it's a hundred dollars more for the 256 and for reference the samsung galaxy fold the first one was released with a price tag of 1980.
1: so if you if you're thinking it's over two grand the the microsoft surface duo could be like half the price and you're still getting a dual screen phone the fold i believe is triple screen you, uh, yeah, there's an use, there's an outer screen. Yeah, so like there's there's a lot more to it, and it has the like the fluid the the two screens look like one when you open it. Like it's super super fancy, you're, super you're, nice. You're
0: mostly mostly paying for that bendable OLED screen, and also it had like seven cameras. It's got it's there's,
1: that phone is crazy. But if you want a dual screen phone and you want the productivity that comes with it, you can get kind of most of it. For way less of the price by going this direction, fourteen hundred dollars still, still an insane amount
0: of money. Just to be clear, but compare that to like the Samsung Note 20. Mm-hmm. It's like the same price. Yeah, I don't know. I think this is actually pretty
1: interesting. I think personally that people should look at this more seriously. Um, it's it's really large. Um, each one the of battery. the individual
0: screens is huge. Um, the battery is only th- th- three thousand five hundred and seventy-seven milliamp hours. I think that puppy's gonna die quick with two screens.
1: That is a little disappointing. I didn't look into the battery, not gonna lie.
0: Are they OLED screens? Are they at least like efficient? Hmm. The other thing is they 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 saved cost. Okay, they saved cost because they only have one camera. So if you wanna take a selfie versus uh, pointing outward, you just flip the phone around, which I think is actually so much better. I don't like that the Galaxy Fold has a notch disrupting its giant screen Just to take selfies when I... Like, it already has an outer screen. It has a screen
1: on the other side. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Just use the other camera. Yeah, I agree.
1: I don't know. I'm... The battery is a big concern. That's not a huge battery. It says dual battery. Is there two of them?
0: Well, I think um, what that means is they've split the battery so that there is one on either half of the device. You know? But I don't know if... That's implying that it's it's thirty five hundred seventy seven times two.
1: I don't think so. If it was, that'd so. be cool. But I think they would say that.
0: Well, the notes don't say it anyway. Yeah, exactly. six gigabytes of RAM, not a lot.
1: No, but like again, I. This doesn't seem like a. I, I think we need another category of users for phones, personally, because there, there's like average whatever you just have a phone and you use it for like texting and maybe some games and stuff. And then there's like power users, which is what people use that term for a long time. I think there's like power users and now maybe like productivity users is maybe a different category. Cause like for me, to be completely honest, I would have called myself a power user before I did more heavy things on my phone than I think most people did now, probably not spend most of my time on my phone
0: in Slack, Gmail, and Twitter. Does this really change the game though? Cause I feel like the reason that you don't use your phone, it's not cause the screen size. To me, it's because of interface. It's like, I try to operate a spreadsheet with like tapping on the phone. It's just too annoying. You need a keyboard and mouse. It, it changes
1: the game for me when I don't have the option of something else. I love desktops, huge fan of desktops. I'm like, in terms of PC stuff, I don't, I don't even screw laptops. I love desktops. I would massively prefer using a desktop over like anything else pretty much all the time, but if I'm out somewhere and something happens, I would love to be able to open something out of my pro- my pocket and immediately be more productive than I could have been with my like pixel two by having two screens and being able to do all this other kind of stuff. And with six gigs of Ram, I would be able to accomplish all of the things that personally I would do. And I think there are a lot of users in that category. Um, that are going to power use their phone, but not for like games. And if you're not playing like games and stuff, six gigs of Ram is probably fine. You're not going to burn that battery life as fast. I'm still disappointed in the battery life because For me, like if something is going down, I might have to have the phone open, both screens on for a very extended period of time. And just having the screens on is gonna burn that battery really fast, even though they are- I feel like you,
0: don't you want the RAM because you're gonna be opening multiple apps and you're gonna have two of them open at the same time. You kind of want to just have as much- Having like
1: Gmail, Twitter, Slack, that isn't gonna fill that up way too fast. Um, Like how much, give me one second. You know, what
0: this would be really handy for when you're on a website filling out a form and you don't trust that website You know that if you navigate away, it's just gonna re- Refresh and it's gonna be empty. Yeah, and you get to you get to a part of that form that you don't have the answer to so you need to switch apps to like go to your contacts to look up a, a zip code or something like that Then you return to it. and It's gone on this phone You can just leave it open Leave it open over here and then do all the research you need to on the other panel and fill out that form over time without losing your session
1: So my current phone, which I don't have memory issues with, and I do. Is that a pixel Two XL pixel Two XL four gigs. All right. I'm not saying like, oh my goodness, this is an amazing phone. This is going to change the game for everyone. This is the best thing that's ever happened to phone. Not at all. But I do think there are definitely users that would benefit from it. Um, I think it hurts a little bit, not having the single screen. Like if you close the phone, yeah, um, for sure. Because there are quite a few times where I would probably only be able to like one hand the phone and being forced to, as far as I can tell, probably use the phone with two hands is gonna be a big detractor. That might be enough to make it so that I wouldn't get this device.
0: It's also- Or a watch. If you combo that with a watch, that could be nice. True, that's interesting. Because then you know, because Linus said when he was daily driving the Fold, that it made him want to take his phone out of his pocket less because it was such a commitment to to take it out and open it that he used his phone less. But he also uses a watch, right? So if your watch is going off like, oh, that's just a casual text, clear that. Don't need to open my phone for that.
1: Yeah, it's kind of a good little synergy. That's potentially more of an investment though if you don't already have a watch. Um, And we're already looking at a $1,400 device which is to a certain degree a compromise because you're not getting that triple screen, more features, one fluid display, fold. That being said, that fold is at an astronomical price. If you did add the watch to it, I'm certain it's still going to be a cheaper overall price. I don't know. All I'm saying is I'm fairly certain there is a market for this.
0: This watch, bro, last gen, I just picked it up on Facebook Marketplace, 140 Canadian dollars. I think if you're in the market for a $1,500 phone, you can just spend some cash and get a a basic watch do you think that the customer for this phone is the same customer as the galaxy fold
1: no that's what i'm trying to establish the
0: old customer is actually it's more about status and i think the 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 fold is
1: is style i think it's status it looks nicer sorry microsoft but it just does um it it looks nicer it kind of does more the the Microsoft Duo, you can see more of the like mechanical nature of the phone. It's the, the bezels are bigger. It looks a little chunkier. um, It looks like it might potentially be a little bit more durable. uh, But this is a little nerdier. Yeah, this isn't, it's not as flashy. It's not as like sexy. If I want to use that term, it's. I see it as like a small business owners. Yes, exactly. It's, it's the, more the utilitarian. is
0: more like a successful real estate or car sales. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. I, I think there is a different market for it. I think you're going for a different style. Um, I think you're going into it for a different reason. Uh, I think you're both probably power users to a certain degree. You might be different kinds. Yeah. You might be the same kind, but if you're the same kind of power user, uh, it's probably going to be leaning on the other one for for style or the convenience of the single screen, and you can afford the like eight hundred dollars more, probably U.S. So that's astronomical for that like essentially single screen instead um, of
0: just buying a second phone
1: or a watch. <laughs> just buy a
0: completely second phone. Could
1: <laughs> probably be better. Off. Here's my third screen. Boom. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I think they're both very interesting devices. Um, I hope the Surface Duo does not get ignored because I think there's definitely a market for it. Um, but Microsoft devices seem to uh, kind of be forgotten in a lot of conversations.
0: Not in the laptop category. True. True. They're awesome. Sure. Yeah. Surface devices yeah. have been pretty cool. This is not a Windows Phone. It's a Microsoft Phone. Yes. So.
1: Yeah. It's gonna be. Uh, well,
0: we're definitely gonna cover it as soon as we can on LTT and Short Circuit, probably. So hopefully, it fares pretty well. Should I, we move I on, on to super
1: too. chats? Uh, yes, but I can't see them.
0: Oh. Well, neither can I. So, uh, <laughs> um, is, good, is Jake
1: still watching? Can he like copy paste some or something? <laughs> no, I have no yeah. access to the uh, YouTube dashboard. Is he not here? Because I think he Man, would have to end the stream. It's 30. Yeah, <laughs> I can't end the YouTube stream. It's the stream that never ends. Because <laughs> I can, so I can. We can effectively say the show's over and here, I'll, I'll roll the uh, I'll roll the intro.
0: I can walk over to my desktop. Oh There we go. Bye everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I guess well, so I me walk just over to my desktop. I wanna I wanna
1: establish that like the, the main show. Before. I wanna do the like ad spot thing just in case it like the <laughs> P.I.A. P-I-A. P-I-A. Display. Display. Okay, now oh. we're back. Now we are attempting to end the show, which is going to be right. the ending of the show. Uh, <laughs> felt short. It, I think, was maybe slightly short. Yeah, I think it was a little bit short. But James has got to go. He's got to go. No super chats? Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I can't see them. Um... Next time, if this happens again, I don't know how long Linus has gone for. um, We might have to find a way to get me logged into some of the LTT stuff. But, yeah. After party. I'm going to be streaming tonight. I'm going to be streaming some uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. If you want to come hang out. Did Linus retire again? No, he's just taking a probably well-needed vacation. I can post a ghiazo of a $100 super chat if you want. Um, let's not use ambiguous URLs pasted into Twitch chat. While James tries to do that, maybe I'll do another topic. Um, ASRock blacklists Gamers Nexus and Hardware Unboxed. Uh, ASRock is blacklisted uh, due to the controversy surrounding Z490 content produced by Gamers Nexus and Hardware Unboxed. Um, There's a Gamers Nexus post that I believe was under a Hardware Unboxed video. Um, where they, where I believe they talk about it. Gamers Nexus said, fortunately, most of the companies realize it's a bad idea to sue media over objective, uh, sorry, objectively backed statements. AS rock Black us as well. It seems also because of our Z490 content, same boat. We even told them we had good things to say about B550, but they stonewalled us. Some companies are too stuck in the past to realize it's best for everyone to work together. They'll forget about years of good things that have been said after one critical review drops, it's absolutely insane. I strongly agree. There have been, uh, there's a note here that says, LTT is pretty critical of manufacturers when appropriate thoughts. Yeah, um, even myself specifically, I have been very critical about certain things. There was a uh, a Logitech video that I went pretty uh, all in the paint on. Uh, there was a, I think it was Gigabyte, I think it was gigabyte there was a video that i went pretty hard on um and the logitech guys are still super chill gigabyte guys weren't necessarily immediately but became super chill you got to understand that like it's not i don't like hate your company hardware in box doesn't hate your company gamers access doesn't hate your company because you release like one potentially bad product um you have to be able to take that criticism and roll forward with it
0: hello hello are you still streaming uh maybe Um. Uh- Jake says just end the OBS stream.
1: Okay, cool. I just did another topic while you were gone. YouTube is (laughs) dead. Okay, sweet. All
0: right. That's it for the show, guys. Goodbye. (laughs) Uh, Well, I turned it to private. I'll turn it back to public now. No, no, no. no, That's
1: fine. No, no, no. no. Because we're ending the stream now. That's good.
0: It's good. Yeah, but I I should put it back. Wait, I don't know what happens with YouTube or with the WAN VOD. I think it
1: has to become a VOD and then you set it to public. It won't have become a VOD because I haven't stopped streaming yet.
0: All right, well, I will put it to public now and just let it do its own thing. Okay, sounds good. All right, have a good weekend.
1: Bye. Have a good weekend. (laughs)